all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason, you. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Happy Monday, guys, and welcome back to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, Associate Professor of Nursing and Preventive Medicine at UMMC. And my guest today is Kathy Warwick, who's a registered dietitian and certified diabetes educator. And we are back to help wade through all that nutrition info that's out there on the Internet and what is real facts and what uh, really has no evidence behind it or evidence that shows it it doesn't work. And we would love to talk with you today. We've got lots of good things that we want to get to, but we want to hear from you as well. Our number is one 877 6727464 and my email is fit at mpbonline.org. Good morning, Miss Kathy. Good morning. How are you today? I am good. I'm always so excited when you're on the show because as someone posted on my Facebook last night when I said who my guest was today. They said she is the best in our biz, and I just agree. You are uh, a top-notch uh, dietitian. And well, I always enjoy being here yeah, with you, too. Yeah, it's, so. it's a fun time, and we get to talk about some uh, things that are out there that confuse folks and can confuse I mean, they confuse me sometimes when I see exactly. claims out there. And you've really got to take the time and, and wade through that and see what's going on with it. Investigate it, right? <laughs> and make sure that it, it's true. And you were on a, probably about six weeks ago, and we did kind of part one of this and got to a lot of great topics. But there were several that we didn't get to um, that I wanted to make sure that we cover. And the first one is the topic of intermittent fasting. That is a buzzword that I see floating around everywhere. What on earth is intermittent fasting and is it something that we should be doing well it's it's a sort of a new fad diet for weight loss and their argument is that if you fast um, and in different studies there were different um, parameters there say if you fast for a whole day two days or three days a week so they had different I would be hangry if I did that. I would not be a nice person. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) My kids would not want to hang around me. And most of the studies that have been done have been very small studies, you know, just a few folks in the study, and they only lasted 12 to 26 weeks. They they all said that, um, and fasting was defined differently. So some people... Uh, drank only liquids. Perhaps they had juices or, you know, even um, other clear liquid type beverages through the day, but they didn't eat anything. Some of them fasted for the better part of the day and then had one meal and that kind of thing. So when they, when they, They did a meta-analysis, which I always like. They took all the studies out there that have been done on intermittent fasting, and they looked at the real bottom line, which studies were done with a a control and, you know, had a good analysis of the data. Had enough people in it to be able to draw a conclusion from it. And there really weren't really any that were big enough to say that was a real 
conclusion. But most of the studies said there was very similar weight loss to just intermittent calorie reduction. In other words, say, um, I know folks that say they'll be very careful with what they eat through the week, and then they let themselves eat whatever they want on the weekend. So they compare that to that kind of To a cheat day. Yeah, they give themselves a day to have some things they enjoy, or to just a constant energy reduction diet. In other words, I'm just cutting back, I'm eating smaller portions, and there was no difference in the weight loss. In fact, four studies show that there was similar loss of fat in both groups. Mm So even a low-carb, higher-fat type Mediterranean diet compared very favorably with the intermittent fasting. So in other words, it it might be it might sound really interesting or like the weight loss might come off faster, but it really did not in the studies. And the Mediterranean type diet we know is good because it's got the fat that's good for your heart. It can be very satisfying because you're eating a larger quantity of right. food because you're including more fruits and veggies. veggies and that kind of thing. So so the bottom line, it's not sexy or exciting, but the bottom line is <laughs> that just simply cutting back on your portions, being mindful when you snack and trying to eat more nutrient rich foods can give you the same benefit. And, and, you know, if you're fasting, think about, you know, You've got a friend that invites you to lunch or, or, or a Wednesday right. night separate social, social issues that social are going to arise from them. Exactly. And and then they weren't truly fasting in the right. study. So it's it's a little bit confusing. It sounds interesting and exciting. Um, and I know I have a friend that's doing a little fasting um, one day a week for Lent. Mm-hmm. And she's doing something like a protein shake and then some liquids. And and it's worked really well for mm-hmm. her to just be mindful of snacking and right. all during the day. But we can all do that without mm-hmm. necessarily committing ourselves right. to fasting. And so, you know, what I'm hearing is, yeah, it can work, but it doesn't work any better than just regular dietary controls of smaller portions, better quality food, more exercise, that type of thing. Exactly. And, you know, from a healthcare provider standpoint, I would just say if you're thinking about doing any type of fasting mm-hmm. program, please, please, please let your healthcare provider know because there are people who don't need to do that type of, of diet. You know, I would no. think patients that have diabetes, that I'm would be about my diabetes. Yeah, patients. that would be could be potentially very, very harmful for them if they you know were dropping sugars very low and then consuming large amounts of glucose to try to fix that and shooting it the other way. Exactly. So, you know, and then if, drugs like McFormin, we know, can upset your GI tract right. if you don't eat with those particular drugs. And so there, there are a lot of other things to consider, mm-hmm. but you could certainly see low blood sugar, yeah. dangerously, low, dangerously blood sugar. low blood sugar with that. So, um, you know, we may have more evidence in the future that it's that it works better than we think it does. But right now, uh, the available evidence is saying that it's it's just not any better than what what we've already got going on. In that meta analysis, they ended up saying that um, the continuous energy reduction, just just being mindful of portions and cutting back, actually was the most effective over six months or longer. And so it's the it's the long term, you know, the sustainability slow and yeah. the race. Yeah. <laughs> sustainability. That's what I always tell patients who are wanting to try one of these things is okay. 
How long I can do get, you think you right, can do this? I can get on board with it if you're telling me this is going to be your eating pattern for years and years and years. And, and can your whole family and can, right, do it with you? Right. Because most folks are not going to be able to sustain something that is, you know, they're making something different for their husband and something different for all their kids. And they're not over me. there, you know, <laughs> snacking on a celery stick. It's just not, you know, not what they want to uh, do for a long term goal. So it's got to be something that's sustainable from that. All right, so that was intermittent fasting. I'm glad we got to that because I get a ton of questions about it. And if you have a question um, about anything nutrition-related, we want to talk with you this morning. Our number is one 672 7464 Or as always, you can drop me an email at fit at mpbonline.org. Um, one of the other things that I, that have, have creeped up lately, and I won't say creeped up because it's been around forever, but I've gotten a lot of requests for comments and articles and pictures and stuff related to the DASH diet um, or the DASH eating plan. Because for the eighth year in a row, it is the number one number one diet eating plan, plan um, according to U.S. News and World Reports. Mm-hmm. And they compare all those eating plans out there as to how nutritionally sound they are, whether they produce weight loss, all of that kind of stuff. Why does DASH, which what, what's DASH stand for, and why does it, why does it win every year? Well, it, it's really a great... Um honor i think to because because when the u.s news and world report folks do this they do the research mm-hmm. behind them and they look at the studies that are using those diets so it's the dietary approaches to stop hypertension so d-a-s-h dash and it, it is a lower sodium diet which you know we're recommending that everybody pay more attention to the amount of sodium in their diet but the basis of it is a balanced diet with more fruits and veggies, um, whole grains, just like we've talked about before, with dairy worked in there as well, two to three servings a day. And it's it's a good balanced diet. It's something everybody in your family can eat. And they look at that when they rank these diets. Mm-hmm. And it's something that's affordable. And they have some wonderful information for free for, mm-hmm. for you on the Internet. You can go and Google that DASH diet, and they have um, different calorie levels. depending and recipes on, and, and recipes. all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. It's great resources. And, you know, even for my patients with diabetes, that is a perfect diet because usually diabetes, you've got hypertension. Right. High and you're also watching your cholesterol. Yep. And so this is a good all-around diet that actually is appropriate for anybody mm-hmm. to follow. Mm-hmm. I can't think of anybody, I would say. Right, that wouldn't qualify wouldn't for, be wouldn't okay. benefit from that. Right. right, right. So it's a good all-around diet. It doesn't require a bunch of fancy purchased food so you don't have to spend more money. It's just a great balanced diet, and there's so many good resources out Mm -hmm. there for you. There are. All right, we're going to go to Ocean Springs and talk with Jackie this morning. Good morning, Jackie. Yes, good morning. Uh, A wonderful show today. Really appreciate it. Sure. I'm a physical physical therapist, and I just wanted to um, kind of mention that there is actually um, the International Journal of Health Sciences that says that intermittent fasting can also uh, or may also prevent diseases. So I just want to kind of let that out. And then one of the options for intermittent fasting is also just eating eight hours a day. Right. Um, so I just wanted to throw that out in case you all wanted to look at that. Um, there's actually several articles on intermittent fasting. Uh, uh, it's been uh, many, many years that it's been out. I think since 2014. Mm-hmm. So I just want to thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for your call and thank you for that um, 
that citation. We'll definitely take a look at that. I would. When did that systematic review come out? Um, this one's the actual. Um, uh, this one is actually in 2013. 2013. So there may be one that's a little bit newer than that. Mm-hmm. Um, but she mentioned uh, the eight hours, you know, eating for eight hours. And I've heard of that one before. I've seen kind of people that are trying to bulk on uh, muscle mm-hmm. that will do that. They will kind of fast during the day and then eat a larger portion at nighttime. What I tell folks is if you're going to do that, make sure that it's still high quality food right you know there um was a youtube video going around of a of a guy doing this and he had like a large pizza with a couple of hot dogs on top and some french fries and then cheese sauce on top of that and he was like look i'm i'm fasting all day and i'm gonna eat all of this and i'm thinking why are you you know why are you doing that um i'm fine if you want to kind of cluster all your calories together but let's make it Something with something nutrients. that's got nutrients in it right. instead of just kind of what I call just being shocking with food. Like what can what can I eat at one time? Exactly. So, and I'm thinking about my patients with diabetes as well because, um, you know, if you've taken a medication that perhaps um, tells your pancreas to put out more insulin, mm-hmm. and you've taken that pill in the morning, and then you decide you're not going to eat through the day, you certainly could have a dangerously low mm-hmm. blood sugar. And we and we do know that you feel better. Mm-hmm. with um you know every three or four hours mm-hmm. some some food and mm-hmm. and it just your body your brain everything works best if you can kind of keep a even mm-hmm. amount of carbs and right. and calories a steady state so your body's not kind of guessing what it's supposed to be doing from time to time mm-hmm. so kind of as we mentioned the the big jury is still out on intermittent fasting and it can, you know, have some health benefits to it. But again, I harp on that. It's got to be something that's sustainable. Right. It's not something that might that you be just, a good kickstart for you. If yeah. you're just having a tough time changing your eating habits and you need, you know, something to kind of get moving, you could do something like that, but you can do anything for a mm-hmm. couple of weeks to right. break your old bad habits and then start working on some new new things new things like that so we talked about intermittent fasting we talked about the dash diet and you know i just want to piggyback on what you said about the dash diet is it it's just good i just call it good basic food choices is Mm -hmm. what i call it because just like you mentioned it is more fruits and veggies more whole grains low-fat dairy lean protein choices which are really what we talk about when we build build a healthy plate now that being said doesn't mean that i'm telling you you have to eat dairy if you don't like dairy or if you're lactose intolerant which i know it's been lactose intolerance month the month of february has been lactose intolerance month so i've learned a lot of things about lactose this month um from my uh, dairy friends but in general that's the dietary eating pattern that we're looking at is just and and it just more nutrient dense foods right it everything you put in your mouth try to try to say is this a good source of vitamin c is this a good source of vitamin a is this a good source of protein you know just what right thinking in terms of um sort of eliminating i guess what i might say just kind of empty calorie kind of things and that that alone would let you lose weight as well if that's your goal yeah but it would also be good you know in terms of Anybody with heart disease, high blood pressure, 
diabetes. It's hard for some weight reduction. All of those types Mm -hmm. of things will will build in with that. All right, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back from the break, we are going to be talking about some of those sources. You mentioned some of those vitamins and nutrients. And what are some of the better sources of those? And what what is not the best source uh, for some of those? And so if you want to give us a call, you can give us a call at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-746. Or you can send me an email at fit at mpbonline.org. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, and here in the studio with me today is Kathy Warwick, registered dietitian, and we are talking about nutrition myths uh, and info today. Our number is 1-877-672-7464, and our email is fit at mpbonline.org. And before we went on the break, we were talking about making sure that our food choices are not just empty calories, that they've got nutrients in them. We call them nutrient-dense foods, meaning that you're getting a good uh, return on your investment for the amount of calories that you're spending on that. And so I want to talk about some of those nutrients in general. Um, One is potassium, because potassium is uh, gaining more... um, attention, I would say, because it plays a role in high blood pressure. So we've often thought about sodium and how it affects blood pressure. Too much sodium causes uh, hypertension or high blood pressure. But now we know that actually low potassium may make high blood pressure worse as well. So not saying potassium supplements are where we need to go with that, but dietary sources of potassium can be beneficial to folks. So uh, I know every time that I had a leg cramp growing up, I was, my mom was like, here, have a banana. Right. And you know, <laughs> banana, I think we all have that one food that we, I guess we would eat it if we were starving to death and dying, <laughs> but we really wouldn't want to. And a banana is that for me. I mean, I just kind of gag and I just can't handle it. It's that the, the um, texture. Yes, bothers you. no. I mean, when I eat banana pudding, I pick out the I spit the bananas out, <laughs> which is just pudding. Then you know you're not even getting banana pudding. So that's usually what we're told is bananas are potassium. Right. Are there other ways or better ways for us to get potassium than a banana? Well, you know, one of the um, theories about why the Dash diet works so well for hypertension is the three servings of dairy that are included there because they're you know dairy is a great source of of potassium Potassium. as well and phosphorus and magnesium there's all kinds of nutrients that you get there but there they did several studies where they were linking um someone with a dairy rich diet and looking at blood pressures and they saw them lowered so part of what they've narrowed that down to is that perhaps it is the potassium, the potassium. there. And, 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 and as well, like you said, it's not um, just orange juice or just bananas. And with my folks with diabetes, the other thing I think about is um, orange juice is quite a lot of sugar. I, I know that the container says unsweetened, no sugar added, 100% natural, all those great things. But it's actually a lot of natural sugar, which, in fact, is another confusion point. Um, natural sugar will run your blood sugar up just as quickly. Yeah, just as regular as, as a sugar. cookie. Yeah. 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 So, so orange juice is something that we'll frequently hear, you know, oh, they told me to drink plenty of orange juice. My potassium was low on my doctor's visit. 
but that's frequently a way to run your blood sugar sky mm-hmm. high as well. It's same with bananas. Mm-hmm. So there are other sources, you know, like broccoli and cantaloupe. And, um, you know, we think about um, all our other fruits and veggies. There's there's some potassium in, in most of those. Mm-hmm. And the dark green leafy vegetables and those things that we really encourage in terms of getting, you know, a variety of nutrients, iron, vitamin C, vitamin right. D, can be found in, in just, and that's what you and I have talked about before, eat the rainbow. Right. You know, the whole, um, the more colors you can put on your plate, the more variety of those fruits and veggies, you're going to get a great variety of all those nutrients that we're missing otherwise in our diet. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I do get this question a lot too, but I take a vitamin supplement. Isn't that adequate. Right. Do I really have to try to get um, more fruits and veggies? And the studies just don't show the same effect when we take a pill versus when we eat the food itself. So, you know, my, my personal opinion all these years has been every time we do these studies, we see that result. Perhaps the food intact when we eat, you know, the spinach, the broccoli, the strawberries, the cantaloupe, our bodies are more equipped for extracting the nutrients out of those and actually using them and absorbing them. So you can spend a lot of money on supplements, but um, in general, science is not saying that those perform the same way as when we include the actual whole food mm-hmm. in our diet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, getting back to potassium, one of the easiest ways that I tell folks, you know, if we're trying to work on getting the potassium up in their diet, maybe they're a little, a little low on potassium, but not enough that I want to start a, you know, start an actual medication to increase that is a white potato exactly. has a fair amount of potassium in it. Now, then folks say, well, potatoes are bad for their you. Carbs. They're carbs, the dreaded <laughs> carb. And, you know, I'm not telling you to eat a French fry. Okay. That is not <laughs> how I want you to get your potato. Or um, the max, uh, right? Spud the, the ginormous thing. spud that is really has got to be three potatoes because no potato should grow that big. No. You know, just a regular potato and half of it, not even the whole daggum thing. You know, mm-hmm. and just sliced up, spray it with a little, you know, little cooking oil. Use a little Molly Mac butter. Yeah, something on there. You know, it. some Mrs. Dash or something, and roast it in the oven and leave the skin on it as exactly. well. That's where you know a lot of the good stuff is, and that will. will help and that's much easier for me to get down than that dreaded banana uh and bananas as you mentioned are one of the sweeter fruits fruits out there. so actually for my folks with diabetes a half a banana is a a serving and so you're not going to correct typically a a A low potassium potassium. with a half a banana right it's just not going to do it and you mentioned orange juice and we were talking over the break um it seems like everyone has bought out all the orange juice at the grocery stores lately because of the flu and trying to increase their vitamin C. And so they're consuming large quantities of orange juice. I had a patient the other day who was drinking two two to three eight-ounce glasses of orange juice a day and, and thought that was a healthy option. So orange juice is not bad, but when you look at 24 What's ounces of orange juice right. in a day. That's a lot of calories and a lot of sugar right there when there are other foods that you can get vitamin C from or just eat an actual orange so that you yeah. get the fiber from exactly. that. Exactly. Eat, eat the orange, eat strawberries. Strawberries are strawberries great are, Yeah. Coming into season. I'm so excited. So excited but, about um, I love strawberries. <laughs> I do too. I do too. So there are a lot of other fruit 
sources that are that are great. Um, even you know cabbage and different of our veggies mm-hmm. if they're raw, you know, can give you some vitamin C. Vitamin C does get destroyed by heat, mm-hmm. so um, you know typically it's a better choice for those. Fruits or raw veggies that you don't have to cook. Make up a smoothie. Yeah, exactly. Throw those in there and get your vitamin C that way. Um, And if you want to go the juice route, that's fine. But a serving size of juice is four Four ounces. ounces. So that's a lot smaller than than what you think. And I do tell my patients with diabetes, um, a regular soda has about 13 grams of sugar in that four ounces, and the orange juice is 15 grams mm-hmm. of sugar. So, again, there's a confusion, and, and when we see the words natural or 100%, you know, organic or no sugar added or whatever we see on the label, we tend to think then we can use as much of that as we want, and it won't be any, any detriment at all in terms of our health. Right. So you have to... Read the labels and be more aware, really, right, of right. what's in those right. those products. Right. Which brings me to a myth uh, that I stumbled across when I was doing some some internet surfing, and it was, uh, as long as the food is healthy, you can eat as much of it as you want. <laughs> and you <laughs> don't know, we wish? Don't we wish? Because I would just hole up in a room with some avocados <laughs> and just go to town and be a happy little girl, but. You know, anything in excess is not going to be healthy for you. So talk to me about why we can't just gorge out on all the healthy foods and just be super healthy. Well, one of the uh, one of the things that we see is is, again, the balance matters. So, you know, again, if you all you decided you wanted was avocados, you know, um, that's not a bad food. It's got a healthy fat for your heart and all that. But, you know, we've got to in turn also make sure that we've gotten good sources of fiber and we're getting the other vitamins and mineral sources. One of the confusions that I have is folks who are trying to eat, quote, low carb and they'll come for diabetes class and say, oh, I never eat white bread. I only eat brown bread. Or I never eat a white potato. I only sweet eat potatoes. a sweet potato. Mm-hmm. Or I only eat brown rice. And yet their confusion is that they do not realize that those are still carbohydrate foods. They're still a starch. They're still going to get digested into sugar. And in fact, you and I talked about this as well. Just because it's brown doesn't mean it's high in fiber. Doesn't mean it has more nutrition and and doesn't mean that necessarily really it's, quote, healthier for Mm -hmm. me. So can I eat two or three sandwiches if I'm making it with brown bread? No. No. I'm still (laughs) still getting too many calories and that's more bread that I need, whether mm-hmm. it's brown or white or purple, doesn't mm-hmm. really matter. So it's a confusion. Um, I can eat as many sweet potatoes as I like because they are healthier. And then they do have vitamin A and they do have... They will turn your nose orange. <laughs> Just like if I eat too many carrots. Yep. You know, you know. that happened to my uh, youngest son. He was a big fan of the sweet potato baby food and bless his soul, he looked like he had an uh, orange marker on the tip of his nose for the <laughs> longest time. And that's what it was from, was from doing that. So, so a variety again is really the best way for us to get all the nutrition we need and then give your body the different, you know, sources of fiber, the different types of fiber, that kind of thing. But it, it's it's really confusing when a, a fad diet comes out and they say, this is good and this is bad. Right. I don't like bad to call foods bad, bad. ever. Yeah. All food gives us some nutritional value and all food is enjoyable we shouldn't think about that in fact you um brought up uh, guilt-free snacks yeah 
why are we talking about guilt right. and food in the same sentence? In other words, if you 80% of the time choose real nutrient-rich foods and the other 20% of the time you want a cookie or you need a little ice cream or you want a piece of chocolate, that shouldn't provoke guilt. Right. That yeah. it, we need to get over that. We yeah. we don't need to have well, that kind it wraps of relationship. Up, it, it reinforces right negative emotions associated with food, mm-hmm. which especially in children it's can scary. have particularly negative outcomes when we're talking about the relationship that children have with food and how that sets their eating patterns for life when they consider something to be bad or something right. to be good. And it also reinforces that if I'm good, I get a cookie. Right. If I'm bad, I just have to eat my fruits and vegetables. Or if I eat something <laughs> bad, I'm a bad person, person or right. I did something wrong. And right. and that really, I've seen that play into an eating disorder mm-hmm. as children get into the teenager years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, their bodies change and they they, it's very common that around 10 or 11 or 12, especially girls, will gain that extra body fat it's because their bodies are getting ready for them to grow taller. It's not a time for us to start, I won't say nagging, but that's kind of what I see sometimes mm-hmm. about those foods are bad for you. They will make you fat. They, you know, if we have those kinds of conversations, we should say, let's um, all in the family choose more of Right. The fruits and veggies with our meals and for our snacks and that kind of thing. And and just talk about it in terms of health and the nutrient value of the food. It's really hard for children to separate that. I'm eating something bad and so I'm bad. Right. Or my mom thinks I'm fat and I don't, you know, I don't know right. how to handle that, but I'm sure that there's something I should be restricting. Right, right. And that that's very often what leads to eating disorders. Yeah. And I just find it very much more excuse me, freeing when when you don't wrap up that negativity in that food. You know, if I go to a birthday party and there's cake and I want a piece of cake, that's the first thing. I don't eat the cake just because cake is there. Right. But if I truly want a piece of that cake, I will eat said piece of cake and I will enjoy it. I will lick my fork. If you turn away from me, I may even lick my plate. Um, <laughs> but, you know, um I don't let myself feel guilty for that or punish myself mm-hmm. for that. It was just a food choice. And you, you know, don't have a sheet cake sitting on your kitchen counter right. that you're eating right. for breakfast, lunch, and supper. Right. I'm not this doing it multiple occasion. times a day. Right. right. And so one eating occasion does not make or break your, your eating habits right. or your eat, eating pattern. Right. right. And I like to say eating pattern rather than diet because I think diet has a negative Oh, I hate the word diet. I hate the word diet. That's why when I got called for this interview a couple of days ago about the DASH diet, I was like, well, first of all, let's talk. Let's call it the DASH eating plan because right. that's really a better word for it. It's actually what is on the website now when you go to it uh, because it is an eating plan instead of a diet. All right. We've got a call from Mikey in Mobile. Good morning, Mikey. Good morning. Um, I misspoke um, to your greeter, your okay. greeter I, when I said potassium because I'm, I was really thinking more about the vitamin C. Okay. This is a wonderful, wonderful show. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for listening. Uh, well, I'm not going to dive into the sheet cake that's on my counter. Okay? Please don't. Please don't. Share it. Share it. Make some friends. <laughs> Freeze it. That's another um, great yeah. suggestion, too. You can have some later. Yeah. Well, no, I actually, I'm, I'm joking, of course. Yeah. Uh, uh, but uh, my question is regarding uh, the 
vitamin C, mm-hmm. uh, as I said, um, uh, but potassium, you know, is in a lot of that those same foods that have vitamin Correct. C, right? Mm-hmm. But um, uh, and you said that, of course, and I knew this. You know, I'd forgotten it, but I knew it. You know, that heat kills vitamin C. Mm-hmm. But heat and light, actually, you know, so. You notice a lot of containers have a sort of an opaque, a frosted appearance, a frosted appearance and that's to prevent sunlight. And, uh, and right. okay, so. yeah, because light eventually is heat. I mean, you know, that's mm-hmm. in some way or another, right? You know, mm-hmm. ultraviolet, light, ultraviolet, light, yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but uh, my question is: Does chemical cooking, such as putting um, an acid in, you know, making coleslaw or in uh, uh, vinegar and or lemon juice, those kinds of things. Well, vitamin C is ascorbic acid itself. And so typically in an acidic environment, it's not going to change. I don't think any anything about the absorption there. I, I, I'm not aware of any of, of the issues there. I do know that, um, you know, say when we cook turnip grains in the south um i do know some folks who'll put soda in a in a pot of turnip grains and i think there's some concern about whether that affects nutrients like soda soda like like, like baking, baking soda? soda and um you know hmm. i i'm not i think that's sort of an old wives tale it, it huh. keeps the um grains a prettier color or they you know i'm not even sure what the point was but, <laughs> but it had one <laughs> but there but there can be you know if you change you're you're correct in that if you change the acidity or the you know how how much of a, a base you might add like the bacon soda that there can be some differences in absorption but but typically vitamin c is pretty Endurable. It, it's it's more of the cooking the for long periods yeah. of time. Which even when we cook our vegetables, right. we don't need to cook, cook them, them to, to death. death. Yeah. <laughs> if we can cook them in as little water as possible, if we can steam or microwave just for a short period of time, and if you notice the, you know, even the water will turn the color of the veggie. Mm-hmm. You know, you've you've cooked out some of the nutrition then. But if you can do a a quick cooking or a a cooking with less water, Mm -hmm. you'll lose fewer nutrients Mm -hmm. and uh, just for a shorter period of time. Yeah. So I hope that helped, uh, Mikey. And it was an excellent question. Thank you very much for calling and and making us think a little bit hard about that this morning. And we're going to take a quick break. And if you've got a question about nutrition or there's a myth out there you're wondering about, we would love to talk with you this morning. Our number is 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. And we'll be back after the break. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Good morning and welcome.
welcome back to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Josie Bidwell. My guest is Kathy Warwick. She is a registered dietitian, and we are tackling all those nutrition myths today. And we've uh, been taking your calls, and if you'd like to give us a call, our number is one eight seven seven mpb ring My email is fit at mpbonline.org. Now, we have got a caller on the line, and I cannot tell you how ex- excited I am if if she's wanting to talk about what I think she's wanting to talk about, because I did a little happy dance when I saw it come up. <laughs> um, it's about cleanses, and we had talked about that earlier this morning that we wanted to talk about uh, cleanses. So we're going to go to Lauren and Jackson. Good morning, Lauren. Good morning. How are you? I'm fine. Thank Good. You. How can we help you today? Well, I'm wanting to start a new dietary regimen okay. where I focus on healthy eating and more balanced eating. Well, good and for I'm you. I'm wondering if a cleanse is a good way to begin. All right. Well, <laughs> I'm going to, uh, in short, I'm going to say you, you don't need to cleanse. Um, but now we'll talk about why we don't necessarily need to cleanse. So, uh, Kathy? One of the biggest myths out there is that, you know, you have all this sludge built up in your body for some reason because you've not been eating just the healthiest patterns, you know, up until now. But the truth is that your body is amazing at detoxifying things and and getting rid of the things that we don't need, your liver, your kidneys, you know, all of the organs in the body are just amazingly efficient at sorting through things that we eat and drink and and drugs we take and everything else and detoxifying the body for us in fact um you know we we really see that within just a day or two of of eating uh like you said a more of a balanced pattern with a lot more water to drink. Amen. Um, That's what I was supposed to talk about. Yeah. You feel so much better immediately. And you may have heard us talk before on the last show about the gut microbiome and the and the bacteria that are beneficial in the gut. One of the things we're learning is that we need to feed those healthy, good bacteria in the gut. And what they thrive on and what they like are the foods that are higher in fiber and those good fruits and veggies and the whole grains that we talk about, as well as the the low-fat dairy. So in other words, the same thing we were just talking about with the mm-hmm. DASH diet is very helpful in terms of creating an environment for those healthy bacteria to thrive. But we don't need to necessarily ever think about or worry about cleansing. Mm-hmm. There, there is some potential danger. Yes, in fact, um, Josie and I were talking about that earlier as well. Um, there's a couple of case studies we've read where some of these supposed cleanses right. were actually damaging to right. the kidney right. and and other organs, perhaps. So, again, there's take care because those things are not regulated. By and the just because it's government. green doesn't necessarily mean that we should consume a ton of it. That's the the study in particular that that Kathy is talking about. It just came out in December in the American Journal of Kidney Disease, and what it was looking at was the green smoothie cleanse. Which traditionally the green smoothie cleanse is a ten day cleanse of um, gr- uh, juiced uh, green vegetables like spinach and. Um, some probably apples and other green fruits and water and that's what you consume and so it doesn't sound bad you know it's just liquefied veggies let's do that um and this particular lady 
um, that this case study is focused around on, she did this this cleanse. She had normal, healthy functioning kidneys before she no started this no kidney disease before she started this uh, cleanse, and she did it for ten days, stopped, you know, just did her cleanse, and then a couple of weeks later, actually presented to her healthcare provider with severe nausea and vomiting, and weight loss, and and all of that. They did some you know basic lab work, and she was in acute kidney failure from that. And further workup of that showed that she had oxalate nephropathy, which is oxalated. It forms little crystals inside the kidneys it can give you kidney stones but it can also damage the actual structures inside the kidney and now this lady is actually on dialysis with chronic renal failure now not saying that everyone that does a green cleanse would would wind up that way but there are dangers associated um, with these types of cleanses so that would again be something you'd want to talk to your healthcare provider about. This lady had been on antibiotics that affected some kidney issues as mm-hmm. well. And so the combo of the two just kind of tipped her over into now end stage renal disease, which is really scary. And as I said, um, supplements nor um, some of these cleanse products that you see are regulated by the federal right. government. Right. And what's kind of scary is that every now and then an independent lab will go buy all these products off the shelf and test them and see and UMC does this Mm -hmm. Um, and the the pharmacy department has done this and they they will analyze what's actually in the product sometimes in these cleanse products it's simply a a herbal uh, laxative you Mm -hmm. know there there's there's not but Again, one of the myths out there is if it's a natural, quote, herb or, you know, a natural herbal supplement, that it couldn't possibly be harmful. And so people have that uh, mindset that that's that's a good thing if it's an herbal thing. Mm -hmm. But we know that herbs can run your blood pressure up. They can change the way your medications work they can be toxic in um in certain amounts and and yet all of our you know all of our knowledge that we have about that we we don't know what's in a lot of those Mm over-the-counter products and then we see adverse events Mm -hmm. or or problems with those and then somebody does an analysis and finds that there are actually other things in there that shouldn't be so be careful about that probably your best bet is to start really just really drinking more water and eating that good balance that's my tip you know as kathy said the liver and the kidneys do the job of detoxing you but the way we get blood through the kidneys, one is by increasing our, our uh, the hydration status of, of our bodies. So that's just pure water that we want to consume. And the vast majority of folks that I come across are what I call chronically dehydrated. They just are so not too. consuming enough water. And it's because we've been told for so long, well, six glasses, six to eight glasses of water. And that's really going to depend on how your body size, mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. type of activity you do. You know, if you are a construction worker who works outside in the hot sun, you're going to need more water than that to especially adequately hydrate in you, especially in Mississippi. <laughs> so, you know, general rule of thumb in somebody who doesn't have heart or kidney issues is we say half your body weight in ounces of water. Mm-hmm. So for me, I'm 160 pounds. That's 80 ounces of water. Mm-hmm. That's 10 glasses of water for me. And remember, an eight ounce glass is more or less a coffee mug. It's yeah. a small cup. It's not that gigantic that, cup that you get at like the the waffle house you know right. that they put yeah that's a right. big cup there that's more like 20 ounces right. or, or even 30 so you know think in terms of um when you have a a, a a like an insulated cup that you just keep full of 
good cold water mm-hmm. through the day, um, using that as your basis. Now, that doesn't mean you can't drink other things. Right. But um, that that there's just a lot of basic changes you can make that will really make a difference in how you feel and, and your health. So that was probably more information than you wanted, Lauren, but we got well, on a tangent you. with that cleanse. <laughs> and we uh, thank you so much for your call and really the best of luck with you to you in making this healthy change that you're wanting to make and you know please let us know if there's anything that we can do to help you with that you know you can always send me an email at fit at mpbonline.org so i hope you have a great rest of your monday so we do have a few open lines and now is the time to call if you have a question for us before we get wrapped up in the very end of the show um the number is one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. now i did get an email question that asked about the recommended amount of carbs and sugars for people in a day. Now, I know that's going to depend on uh, what their overall goals are, or if they have any chronic medical conditions, but is there a kind of general rule of thumb for us in terms of carbohydrates and sugars? Well, I know there are a lot of those diets out there that say you shouldn't have more than 50 grams in an entire day, but your brain needs about 110, 130, 140, 150. 50 grams of carbs in a day, depending on how big you are, um, just to function correctly. Mm -hmm. So those really restrictive um, ketogenic type diets, um, you you will see some weight loss perhaps in the short go, but long term are not really going to make you feel very good. Um, And they're really reserved for more serious medical issues that we can talk about some other time. Mm -hmm. But but in general, I, I look at that I'm I'm short. I'm only five feet tall. So <laughs> she's so, a tiny little person. So for me, you know, I, I try to shoot for somewhere in the neighborhood of thirty to forty five grams of carb at each meal. Mm-hmm. I try to leave myself uh, room for a snack or two or three in between, perhaps a handful of nuts or some yogurt or something like that, so that I have a few more carbs in between meals. And for someone bigger, someone probably uh, Josie size or, or a, a tall man, you might be thinking... Am I a tall man? Did you just call me a tall man? No. <laughs> I'm thinking about my tall, skinny husband. But, um, you know, the 45 to 60 grams at a meal is appropriate and perhaps more if you work out really hard right. or you exercise, like you said, yeah. all day with your job. Right. Um, but our bodies need the carbs. It's a difference between are we are we trying to choose those healthier sources of carbs as opposed to the ones that we called before sort of empty calories. Right. So if it's fruit, if it's a whole grains, if it's, you know, you're getting your carbs in your dairy, those are all nutrient rich mm-hmm. sources of carbs. So that's, again, you know, based on that good variety of, of healthy choices. But carbs are not the bad guy. Yeah. I usually shoot for about 50 mm-hmm. at each meal and then a 15 to 20 gram snack snack and two of those. Now, if I'm going to teach a fitness class, I give myself an extra uh, snack. Right. Uh, because you're going to have an that. hour of Yeah, I'm going to have an hour of, of short. And, uh, you know, I, it doesn't look good if your fitness instructor passes out. So I like <laughs> to make sure that I've got enough carb on board to, to, to make it through that hour class um, with that. Now, very, very quickly, we do have a caller on the line. And so I want to get to them before we run out of time. It's James in Port Gibson. Good morning, James. Morning. How are you? I'm okay. I was calling about a whole food supplement. I went to the health food store. I got whole food supplement. Is it okay to take instead of a vitamin? 
Is it a is it a powder that you mix with water? Or no, what what is it's it? A, it's a whole it's a whole food supplement. It's um, uh, vitamins. It's green looking. It's a big pill. Like it's the the store Whole Foods brand supplement, uh, or it's called Whole Foods supplement supplement. It's just a whole food supplement. Hmm. What they may have done is just basically take, you know, your spinach yeah. and the veggies. Dehydrate it and ground it up and put it in a capsule. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Without yeah, seeing yeah, the, that's, that's what it is. Yeah, it looks, it looks green. And, uh, <laughs> it's got well, all it, kinds of stuff in it. Yeah. We're eating the label real carefully and making sure that, you know, you know what the ingredients are again. Uh, it, it's probably, um, perfectly safe i don't know that you need to spend your hard-earned money on it mm-hmm. in fact um you might do better just going to the farmer's market and like we were talking about earlier finding you a pretty good variety of fruits and veggies out there or even frozen you know if you don't have access exactly. to that or you have you know you're cooking for a small number of folks and you're afraid it'll ruin frozen veggies frozen fruits are a completely viable option for that because again we know that you absorb those vitamins and minerals better when they are actually in the food Mm -hmm. itself so i I know they're calling it a whole food supplement but in in general you know I like folks to spend their hard-earned money on the real deal on the yeah, food itself. Yeah. Um, All right, it probably wouldn't hurt a thing, but you okay. know, it's probably not going to be the the magic bullet that we're. It's we're not going to replace right. um, the real fruits and veggies in your diet. So, if, if that's helpful to you, I I know there's a lot of marketing around that, and they have a good they do a good job. <laughs> but um, but you can go back to the good old balanced. Mm-hmm. menu of a variety of fruits and veggies and colors and different things in your diet daily and probably meet all your needs all right james thank you for that call and hope that helped and wasn't too much of a bummer for you there <laughs> but you know as as close what i say as close as to what it it started out in is in life the form is yes the, the way it, it grew the better it's gonna be and so we are out of time again oh my goodness i could have you on every week and we just need to go have coffee more often because i love to talk with you about brainstorm food. about i know you are uh, a wealth of information about uh, what we need to be doing to take care of ourselves from a nutrition standpoint so thank you so much for coming out with me again today on this monday morning and thank you to the listeners and callers who have made this show what it is and we want to make sure that you tune in every weekday at 11 for the full southern remedy lineup and i'll be back next week to talk about smoking and tobacco cessation so tune in for that one (laughs) you've been listening to southern remedy healthy and fit on mpb think radio This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting.